the context is contentment. Mm-hmm. Contentment in Paul's present situation. And he's saying, actually, you might not expect this, but I'm rejoicing where I'm at. And I don't want you to be concerned, overly concerned about me. I'm okay. Here's what I've been learning in this. I can be content here. Yeah. I can do anything. Well, because being content in the midst of suffering oh, yeah. is maybe one of the, if not the hardest thing to do, yeah. right? How can we be content when everything is falling apart around us? Welcome to Faith Refresh, where we take another look at the Bible passages, beliefs, and other church stuff you've probably heard a million times and find something fresh. Hello once again, I am Anson, joined by Chaplain Justin. This is episode two. In episode one, we started out with a look at the Bible story of Abraham and Isaac. We decided we want to switch things up just a little bit for episode two and look at a Bible passage, not necessarily a story this time, and even more specifically, a verse. We're going to Philippians 4.13. Philippians is a book in the New Testament. Chapter four, verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you've been involved in Christian culture at all, that is definitely not the first time you've heard that verse. You've probably heard it a few times. I don't know if you would agree with this, Justin, but actually I would say we might've picked out a verse that, mm, I don't know, is maybe the second most popular verse in the Bible, or at least it's in contention. I would say maybe John three sixteen number one, mm-hmm. Philippians 4, 13, number two. Maybe. There might be it's a couple other be, contenders. It's got to be top five. Yeah. We got to give it top five for There's sure. There's Psalm 23. That's There's big. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm-hmm. Those would probably be in that top five too. Yeah. But it's right up there. Yeah. It's all over the place. And not just within Christian subculture, but in culture at large. That's you true. Find it. Yeah. yeah. This might be, of any verse, the most popular merchandise verse. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, coffee mugs, motivational posters. Did you have the motivational posters when you were a kid, like in your uh, classroom, maybe Sunday school classroom Mm -hmm. or something? I went to a private Christian school, so I had it at school (laughs) too. You know, it's like a kitten (laughs) reaching for like a ball of yarn or something with like the verse across it. But it's not because of this verse. Or another place (laughs) that I saw this verse a lot was in sports. Yes. In athletics, right? If you're an athlete, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me including dunking this ball in your face. That's right. Yeah. The last minute touchdown. Yeah. Definitely private Christian school locker rooms is probably a It's really the only verse. verse, It's probably the only one. It's the only sports verse in the (laughs) Bible. The danger, I think, of breaking up the Bible, which is this collection of literature, Mm -hmm. 66 books, we break it up in our modern day into chapters and verses. Right. There's some real benefits to that. For example, being able to quickly reference things, it's very practical, Mm -hmm. but I I wonder if at times there is a bit of a a drawback to that system as well, because you end up with things like Philippians 4.13, where you essentially are are taking the soundbite out of a larger work, Mm -hmm. and we focus on that to the exclusion, potentially, of the rest of the work. Is that something that you've thought about or studied at all? Yeah. You know, we talked about Abraham and Isaac last time. That's a story. If you were just to go into the story in the middle and lift a verse out, it may or may not cohere with the story. Mm. That's pretty obvious. Uh, It can still be done. It's less obvious in a piece of literature like this, which is a letter. Right. Paul to the church in Philippi. Really, it's almost like reading a speech, but it's just written. And so it would be like 
taking a soundbite out of context and making someone say something that maybe they didn't mean Yeah, because you don't have the paragraph, you just have the sentence. Right, which... To be fair, we do a lot oh, in yeah. our culture. Exactly. I mean, it makes me think of a presidential speech or mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, if you have to write the headline for the story, you're looking for that soundbite in the speech for your headline mm-hmm. because you're going to grab eyeballs. Right. And yeah. this is an eyeball grabbing verse. Yes. Obviously, yeah. because it's been used all over the place. I don't know if you can speak to this. I don't really have any knowledge of this versus relative popularity in the Mm. church around the world Mm -hmm. or in other cultures, but I think we can safely speak for our own American culture when we say that this verse is widely used. It's prevalent. It's very merchandisable as we talked about. Do you think that that is because in some way of our American culture? Is there Mm -hmm. anything unique to our culture that attracts us to this verse? This might be silly, but... It's hard to find any other culture in the world that does bumper stickers, for instance. (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) So uh, that would be like one thing that in terms of merchandising, like you said, messages being used to move people and products, you might not find that as strongly in other cultures. I think this verse is very popular in different cultures that I've been um, involved with at different times in missionary work and things like that, but for very different reasons. Mm. I think it connects with our American culture because it's kind of Nike. It's like the Bible mm. version of just <laughs> Nike. <do> <laughs> yeah. Or Space Jam. You know, I believe I can fly. Uh, you know, yeah, like it's yeah. just, I can, I can do, be Michael Jordan. Yeah. I can do whatever I put my mind to. But this is kind of a Jesus juke on that. Mm. I can do whatever Jesus in me can do. He's got my back kind right. of thing. So yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we get it. I can't do everything on my own. But. If Jesus is in my corner, exactly. if he's my wingman, yes. now all of a sudden all the options have opened yeah. up to me. And that's that's the thing of just like Jesus can make my dreams, my goals, my mm. situation work out, and nothing can stop me because he has my back. Not even him because I have a verse. Right. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. It is interesting how a verse that really puts most of, well, all of the responsibility for accomplishing something onto Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's very clear that like that happens only through and because of Jesus. And yet we make it very self-focused. Mm-hmm. I can do seems to be the focal point of our attention. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like at times to me that that last part of the verse through Christ who strengthens me is like a little asterisk, you right, know, yeah. like you see, like I can do all things asterisk and then like a little tiny print at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Through Christ who strengthens me. Uh And I I think that um, another part of it too, and it's kind of insidious is if I fail, what does that mean about Jesus? Ooh. Okay. And so it can really undermine faith in Jesus. It can undermine faith, especially like in scripture. What is this all about? I claim this verse Mm. and I reach for my dream and I haven't succeeded. Yeah. So what is this? That's a really good point. You're right. It does get a little insidious there because Mm -hmm. probably for most of us, yeah, we see the mugs, we see the motivational posters, we Mm -hmm. see the locker room stuff. Most of us deep down have an understanding that we're failures. (laughs) Like, you know, some of us may be more aware of that than others. But at some point in all of our lives, we're going to come face to face with the fact that we can't do everything. Right. And so we kind of claim this thing sometimes, but I would have to imagine for a lot of us, we go, yeah, that's not really how it works. Yeah. What is this? Sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes bad things happen. So yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean that this verse is a lie? Mm -hmm. It's just not true. Mm -hmm. Does it mean that I'm 
a special case of a screw up. Like I'm particularly mm-hmm. messed up yeah. so that this works for other people, but not for me. You're right. There's a lot of potential negative implications there. You can kind of swirl into that existential crisis of what does this mean for me, for faith, for my dreams, for how I'm wired and built, all those different things. When you're talking about how, okay, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You mentioned because I have this verse, because I have mm-hmm. this promise, I get to wield that now. Yep. And again, it's a very self-focused thing. Yes, Jesus is like the power, but he's like the superpower juice that's like flowing through my weapon that I'm wielding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It almost feels like something that we could like try to blackmail God with. Mm-hmm. You said yep. that I can do all things through you. So... Power me up, right? <laughs> right, yeah. I definitely think that, yeah, that's something that we can do. And a lot of times we're not even consciously aware of it. Mm. And usually it comes out when the failure happens. I believe this. Where are you? Yeah. Because my dreams are falling apart. And I, I thought that this verse meant, among other things, that you had my back. And, and now what? That can be a very painful, or you mm. just throw up your hands and you just don't know what to make of your dreams, your direction in life. I mean, very disorienting. Okay. So if we recognized this verse doesn't literally mean I can be Michael Jordan, right. or I can, <laughs> I can literally do anything. Mm-hmm. I never have a failure. What does it actually mean? Mm-hmm. We have to come back, I think, to the word context. Yes. And I want to be a little bit careful as we approach this word and look at the context, mm-hmm. because I don't know if you've ever felt this way. But I think I could see how someone could look at something from scripture, read a verse and go, that doesn't really make sense. Something's off here. Mm -hmm. And then some guy up on a stage says, well, if you just look at the context, I can rearrange all of this and make Mm -hmm. it look like it's saying something that makes sense when the plain reading of it Mm -hmm. in air quotes doesn't look that way. Right. Yeah. So I think there's sometimes warranted skepticism of this, like, well, just look at the context and it'll all make sense. It'll Mm -hmm. all come together. But I think we have to try to do that. Mm -hmm. And we could zoom out a long, long, long way. This is one verse in one letter in a collection of 66 books Mm -hmm, that a whole bunch of people had a hand in putting together. Mm -hmm. But I want to zoom out maybe to the intermediate level first. Mm -hmm. And that would be, let's just talk about Philippians. This is a letter, as you already mentioned, it's written Mm -hmm by Paul, the apostle. Mm -hmm. He wrote it. We're not exactly sure when, but probably in the like 50s, 60s -hmm. AD, somewhere in there. So a few decades after Jesus, and he's writing to a collection of people, a church in Philippi. A lot of the churches in this day and age are mega churches, big churches. Back then, we're probably talking like house church kind of stuff, pretty small numbers of people. Mm -hmm. But so he's writing to Christians in this particular place. And crucially for what we're talking about today, he wrote it in very specific circumstances himself. Mm -hmm. He was under house arrest, probably in Rome, awaiting trial, which has some implications for the state of mind and the state of being that Paul was in when he wrote these words, right? right? What do you mean, Paul? Like, you can't even leave. Right. You know? This isn't yeah. Paul going up for the dunk. No. Like, <laughs> he's and saying up, yeah. this midair, yeah. doing his Michael Jordan pose. Yeah. He's in chains and he's saying, I can do all things. Exactly. That yeah. instantly so what changes, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. the whole lens through which we might view his words. Yeah, you kind of lean in in a different way just to kind of zoom back out in in context is, you know, we talked about Abraham and Isaac last time. 
it's like, is this really about Abraham's faith and all mm-hmm. those different things? And it says, this place is going to be named the Lord will provide. So there's a textual clue. Mm. Oh, this is about God providing and about this worship relationship not being about bribing. Same thing with this verse, Philippians 4.13, not, not being like a chip to cash in with God. Mm. But another aspect of the context that was so important for unlocking some of that is the historical and cultural context that we got into. This is a different kind of literature. It's not a historical narrative. It's a letter. Mm -hmm. And so the way that you deal with context is a little bit different in that. And so you have this verse 13. What do the verses around it say? How does that inform? And it's really, in this case, pretty clear from just the, the previous first two verses we could look at. Yeah. So if we just read the paragraph that this verse resides in, It starts with Paul saying, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need for I've learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. That's a verse that if you've, again, been embedded in Christian culture, you've probably heard some, but it's an important clue for where we're going, right? I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And so the context is contentment. Mm-hmm. Contentment in Paul's present situation. And he's saying, actually, you might not expect this, but I'm rejoicing where I'm at. And I don't want you to be concerned, overly concerned about me. I'm okay. Here's what I've been learning in this. I can be content here. Yeah. I can do anything. Well, because being content in the midst of suffering oh, yeah. is maybe one of the, if not the hardest thing to do, yeah. right? How can we be content when everything is falling apart around us, when everything is going wrong? That would qualify for all things, right? So yeah. when <laughs> Paul says, I can be content in all things from this context, it's kind of like he's getting at, this is about as tough as it gets, mm-hmm. right? I'm under arrest. I'm awaiting trial, maybe going to die. Yes. And yeah. even here, Christ can give me strength. Yes. Right. Yeah. That informs that all things phrase mm-hmm. far more than just looking at all things in a vacuum. And certainly like Paul's posture here again, of not necessarily being in a place of victory, but it being in a place like of seeming defeat. Right. Uh, right. And yet he's still able to utter these words. That kind of undermines our whole American you know, cultural <laughs> yeah. like Ooh. way of using this verse right. is because... Paul is actually subverting the very thing that we try to use this verse for, and that's really important. And so, you know, one thing you can do with the immediate context is I can do all things, right? Mm. And then, oh, he's talking about contentment. I can be content in all things through Christ who strengthens. That makes a lot of sense. Right. Just going from one part of the verse to the next one and say, that really is coherent between the different verses. It doesn't move as much merchandise. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it's actually better for us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So this verse isn't telling me I can do anything I want or I can force God to do anything I want for me. What is it telling me? I think for me, it feels very strong. Maybe it's not the superpower of getting a Super Bowl, you know, like one day, you know, I'm in my mid thirties, maybe I still have a chance. (laughs) I can claim this verse and get there. But a whole nother superpower is I can move through any kind of circumstance Mm. and be secure in who I am and whose I am. 
and be able to walk through those things with faith, hope, and love. So we're talking about perseverance, ultimately, yeah. endurance, perseverance, which so much of the New Testament is really focusing on in the early church. In fact, there are some other passages, like you have immediate context, but then, you know, okay, what are these other passages, other books in the New Testament, for instance, have to say about contentment? Mm. Well, you find, you know, 2 Corinthians 12, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, mm. and he goes on and on. Yeah. Because, again, Christ is there. My grace is sufficient for you, he says right. in, in that very popular verse, too. Or 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10, but godliness with contentment is great gain. If we have food and clothing with these things, we'll be content. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, that's different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, one of my favorites is Hebrews 13, 5 through 6. Keep your life free from the love of money. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, American dream. Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you. So just his presence somehow is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. His presence is sufficient to help me persevere through these circumstances as they come up. That's powerful. All right. So let me ask you a tough question. Okay, great. Not going to let you off the hook here. Earlier in the episode, we were talking about how when we interpret this verse through the lens of literally being able to do anything mm -hmm. and then we experience failure, mm -hmm. how distressing and disorienting that can be. Mm -hmm. Does that apply with a correct reading of this verse as well? Mm -hmm. If God can give us contentment through the most difficult of circumstances just via his presence, what do we make of those times when we're walking through that and we don't feel it? Mm -hmm. We don't yep. feel content. We don't feel like we can do anything. Mm -hmm. We don't have that strength that Paul seems to supernaturally have here, when we don't feel that, what does that mean? I would start asking the question, you know, how do we cultivate contentment? It's one thing to say, be content, you know, and sometimes that could be very frustrating and disorienting, especially if you're in a tough spot. Yeah. It's quite another thing to say, here are some resources for contentment. Mm. And I would say one big picture thing, even in terms of the Bible is, this is not the only verse in the Bible. These are not the only verses in the Bible. So yeah. I would go to resources like the Psalms. Mm. So you can be content and lament. Mm. You know, it's one thing for us to have a conversation about it. It's another thing to have a mentor or something like a, a spiritual director or counselor, or, you know, a pastor or someone who's discipling you relationally to say, this is what it looks like. So if it's not as simple as just being content mm -hmm. and it just magically happens, but there is an act of cultivation yes, that's going yeah. on there. Mm -hmm. What are the things that we see either from scripture elsewhere mm -hmm. or from the context of this verse or this letter? Mm -hmm. How do we emulate Paul? How do we cultivate contentment mm -hmm. even when it feels like it's not coming easily? You know, one thing that's interesting is we had talked about, what does this really mean? I can do all things. Well, even in the original text, that word does not mean accomplish or succeed. Mm. Do means I could be made sufficient for. I could meet the need of the moment. Okay. The way I would say it or translate it is I can face anything because of Christ's strength, his yeah. sufficiency. And so contentment can feel a lot like resolve. Mm. It can feel like kind of this confidence to not give up and to, to face whatever. The thing that one of many things that helped Paul is this was not his first bout of suffering. Mm -hmm. He has redemptively suffered many times before this. And mm -hmm. I think yeah. that the ways that Jesus' grace has been sufficient for him in these different ways has been 
building, compounding. Proven. Proven over and over again. And so this is not probably the answer everyone wants, but you could practice suffering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But underneath that is, I would say, worshiping through it. When we talk about the presence of God, that so often is connected with our worshiping life with Mm. Him, our worshiping relationship, our listening and responding to Him in an ongoing way. And so as, as you worship through different things, and that can include lament, which means you just say what you're feeling, you mm. say the situation, what it looks like to you, and you also, even if it's a short turn at the end, say, but I'm trusting you and I'm taking another step. I'm yeah. going to make another good choice. Yeah. And do that five times in a day, depending on the season that you're walking through. So I can face anything. That's the confidence, you know, kind of moving forward and then worship through those circumstances and God promises that he abides in the praises of his people and so if we're in that state he is there with us mysteriously beautifully spiritually um, he can give us strength for the next step and the next step and the next step thanks for listening to Faith Refresh you can find more Real FM pods and tons of other cool stuff on the Real FM app and at real.fm Faith Refresh is hosted by Justin Rusinowski, and I'm Anson Beyer. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on your platform of choice. It will help others to discover the podcast and listen for themselves. Faith Refresh is a part of the Real FM Podcast Network, a ministry of John Brown University.